Tim Grubbs, radio voice of the Wichita Wind Surge, joins us now. And uh, Tim, uh, obviously, uh, this time of year, for the last probably 25 years of your life, you've been busy in April and May. Uh, just how strange is it knowing that you're not going to a ballpark uh, in the spring? Well, it's uh, well, Doug, first off, thanks for having me. It's good to talk with you as always. Um, strange. You know, I have uh, I've been in minor league baseball for 25 years. Um, this will be this would have been my 26th season. Uh, prior to that, I worked, um, you know, for the Pittsburgh Pirates for four years, you know, while I was in college and ticket office and other capacities. So this is really like the first time in what, 29 years or so that on a May date that I, I'm free. You know what I mean? I was able to spend a lot of time with my, uh, my wife and my daughter over the weekend celebrating Mother's Day. And that's something that, um, you know, I haven't been able to do. So it has been bizarre, but uh, I'm happy. We're healthy. You know, we're, um, you know, to a new city. And, um, you know, all, all in all, though, I'm enjoying uh, the extra bonus family time. And it's been great. Yeah, it is, you know, strange. It's my first time. Uh, since I was a senior in high school that I've been in San Francisco uh, in April. I mean, I, I realize we're into May now, but uh, still in early enough in the spring. It's just, uh, yeah, and I think it's, you know, I think there's all of us that have the thought of, boy, where did the offseason go? And, oh, now it's back to the grind, and it's going to be five long months. And, yeah, family time's awesome, and, and it's great. I know you have a little girl and obviously with Katie and a, a great wife and Emily and your Beagle winning and it's great being with them. But and then I I someone that doesn't have family of my own, but I think generally it's sort of like now enough of the offseason. Let's get going and play ball. And well, we don't know if we will this year. Right. No, I mean it's a lot of a lot of questions, you know what I mean? And whether or not we play or not, and whether or not there's major league baseball or you know, there's gonna be the National Football League or what. Um, you know, you're you're just probably just as much of a sports fan as I am, you know. Hey, I was I was over it when the NCAA tournament didn't happen. You know, when everything stopped, I was fine. I was like, okay, you know, take a two week off or whatever it's going to be. But you know, no, I mean, I'm I'm enjoying the bonus family time. Um, something that I've never had, something I've never done. But you know, I certainly miss the day to day of going to the ballpark, being around the guys, calling the games, and you know, doing the sort of stuff that we love. Well, you're just upset the NCAA tournament got canceled because Robert Morris was going the whole, they were going the whole way. They were going the whole way. They were going to win, uh, probably having to win seven games, but they were going to win the whole tournament, right? <laughs> they probably were going to have to play in a play-in game. So <laughs> they may have been able to win that one. Um, they made it to the tournament, I guess, about four or five years ago. They, they won the play-in game in Dayton and then uh, lost the next time. But uh, I can't remember who they lost to that time. They usually always go in to play the number one seed i remember when i was in school we played um ucla in the first round um robert morris was a 16 seed ucla was a number one and uh robert morris had him beat you know for about 35 36 minutes they were hanging in there school was going nuts and then um you know the bruins pulled it out but it's cool going to a school, a small school like that, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, Robert Morris has been one of those uh, teams that they kind of rebuild, and every three or four years they're ready to go. And uh, that's exactly what happened when I was in school, and it was a lot of fun being, uh, you know, the little 
going into the NCAA tournament and going to March Madness. Uh, any chance of winning one game, I think, would have been a lot of fun. Uh, I guess it was about eight or nine years ago, Robert Morris didn't make it to the big dance. They lost the um, Northeast Conference championship game, and they ended up beating Kentucky in the NIT, which probably is the biggest feather in the cap of, of the Colonials' basketball history. Not winning an NCAA tournament game, but actually winning an NIT game, beating a, a big school like Kentucky, which was John Calip. That's right. That was Calipari still coaching the club at that point. Yeah, who, of course, is like you, a, a Pittsburgh area native. Yes. Uh, but uh, anyway, getting back to the to baseball, obviously this was supposed to be the inaugural season of the Wichita wind surge, and AAA was going to be back in Wichita for the first time in about 40 years. And I realize there's a lot more important things in life, and we're dealing with a lot of sadness right now, and I never lose sight of that. And, uh, I mean, that supersedes anything that having to do with, with sports. But within the – the baseball realm, uh, the last two years, the buildup of a new stadium in Wichita and AAA baseballs, so obviously affiliated baseball coming back to uh, Kansas. And uh, come mid-March, all the planning, the new stadium is, you know, I'd say for the most part complete, although you would know better than I would, but we get all your pictures, love them. Um, you know, you guys, tons of tickets, tons of merchandise, tons of advertising. All season long, all the bill. I saw the long line on online of the long line buying tickets and now no baseball. Um, and it just sort of figuratively speaking, looks like, you know, blowing up a big, big balloon. And then all the air comes out, unfortunately, to no fault of anybody's. But, um, you know, just uh, I could ask a stupid question. I've been known to, but just what's how just how devastating is this right oh now? It, it was it's a big punch in the gut um but you know as lou schweckheimer the general partner of the wind surge and you know he leads our ownership group and, and leads our team our staff here in wichita you know he says it best you know health before you know baseball and i think we all understand you know everything that needs to happen um you know we need to get everything back in line, but you know, you're right. The, so Saturday, uh, before all this madness started, uh, we put tickets on sale and I showed up at the ballpark around eight, eight thirty in the morning. Tickets went on sale at 10. I was just there just to be a greeter, just to help people out, you know, try to do whatever is needed. Uh, you know, you, when you're wearing my, when you're working minor league baseball, you wear many hats. So I wasn't sure what my role would be. I show up at the ballpark and, you know, the unfinished stadium at that point, we're talking early March and there's a line, people are filling in, you know, parking their cars and we sold out opening day in 42 minutes, um, which was awesome. And for me, you know, that I've worked in minor league baseball for so I had never, I've never been involved in anything quite to that extreme. So it was awesome. And then, um, you know, by the middle of next week, uh, by the middle of that next week, you know, uh, the basketball tournaments were all being canceled. You know, the American Athletic Conference tournament was canceled, which is what Wichita State plays in. And, you know, all of a sudden you realize the NCAA tournament probably wasn't going to happen. And it was crazy. And before you know it, we weren't starting on time. And at first I was thinking, okay, the ballpark was about 95% finished. So there might have been some bells and whistles, a few things. We were going to be ready to play. On opening day, April 14th, 2020. In fact, that's a day that has been engraved in my brain for the last year and a half. 
because I knew that would be the opening day of baseball 2020 in Wichita, Kansas, even as I was working in New Orleans. And, you know, when it got delayed, it was like, okay, that'll give us an extra week or two to fine tune some things. And now here we are and, you know, approaching mid-May and still no timeline. It's, it's very frustrating, especially being, you know, the inaugural season in Wichita. These people have been waiting for baseball, affiliated baseball for a dozen years and they're hungry and they, and, and I'm, I'm happy to be, I want it to be a part of history and here we are on hold. Yeah. I mean, and you know, mentioned Lou Schreckheimer, a veteran uh, administrator and uh, uh, certainly from his ties with Pawtucket, but you have a, another new but yet veteran administrator and a guy that certainly knows how to start a team from day one. And that's Jay Miller who uh, ran round rock for all those years from day one. And, and later moved on to Sugarland when that pro that team was in its infancy, and uh, uh, you know, we just talked about what a, a great front office. Oh, it's had. a great front office, and you know, I you've known Jay for a long time, and I've known Jay for I don't know twenty years or so, and he was in New Orleans before I was in New Orleans. He opened up the New Orleans ballpark, left to go to Round Rock, and okay. you know, he's been involved in you know opening stadiums. I think this was the sixth stadium that he's opened from the finish, from the start. And it's been a lot of fun since I got here in September. And even though I was involved in some conference calls and some meetings from afar, it's been hit the ground running and it's been such a, a fun off season leading up to opening day. And now we're on pause, but uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. You know what I mean? For me, it's um, learning a new city and obviously I've kind of, this this extra time has gets me the opportunity to get acclimated here a little bit more in Wichita, Kansas. But at the same time, I'd rather be calling baseball games. Yeah, well, we all are. And, and I was going to ask you about, I mean, obviously you've made the most of extended family time, but uh, what is Tim Grubbs doing to keep busy from day to day? Um, well, basically, the, for the most part, I'm doing uh, family time. Uh, I have some, you know, my role with the club here in uh, Wichita, just like it was New Orleans, is I, I handle all the team travel. I also am involved with uh, sales and public relations, you know, media relations, PR, all that sort of stuff. So I'm involved with the ball club in a lot of ways. Um, one of the things that Cookie Rojas and I are doing from a wind surge perspective is we host our own podcast, much like what you're talking about, Surge Baseball and Beyond which people can find on iTunes and all of the different spectrums. And we record that about once a week. And, and that kind of gets me into the broadcasting mode. You know what I mean? And, and, and it's fun. We have different guests um, talking baseball, talking Wichita. But uh, for the most part, I'm just hanging out with my little three-year-old and hanging out with my wife and, and our little dog, our beagle, and you know, just hanging in there, enjoying the extra family time. There's a lot of things mm. – uh, Doug, that I didn't, you know, I'm helping Katie ride a bike and, you know, she's got the training wheels and we're doing that. And we've got a bounce house in the backyard. We're just trying to knock out a lot of different things that, you know, normally I would be doing it on a limited basis. And now I'm doing it really full time. My wife's still working. So I'm kind of becoming a full time mom. You're the second person who has made reference of their daughter in terms of PCL radio broadcaster uh, learning how to ride a bike. Can you guess who else? Jeff Hem. Um, Jeff Hem. That would be – his daughter's a little older, so 
he's probably teaching training. He's probably uh, a little further. I'm just dealing with training wheels. He's probably taking those wheels off. <laughs> you got it. Jeff just said that Greta, uh, his daughter, I think is six. Um, uh, just uh, the training wheels are off and that she, uh, he was there to see her learn how to, how to ride a bike. So uh, that's what daddy time is doing uh, right uh, Right now, I want to salute your your wife, uh, Katie. You know, she's a medical assistant, and I know she's not quite been on the front line of the emergency rooms, but uh, uh, she is in the medical field, and I'm sure she knows many, especially in New Orleans, where this has uh, very sadly been affected so many lives. Uh, but uh, want to tip my cap to what uh, she and so many. Well, she would do. appreciate that. Uh, Emily is, you know, she's still working. She's, you know. It's still tough. I mean, she works for an orthopedic, um, so she's Kansas Orthopedic Center. She did orthopedic work in New Orleans as well. So with all the kids having extra bonus time, she's been busy, you know, because kids are getting hurt and people are getting injured going out and about. So, But I'm sure she would appreciate that. Um, you know, the ballpark here in Wichita, one of the cool things we have done is at night they turned all the lights blue. Uh, you know, to salute all the healthcare workers and obviously not my idea, but I'm happy that we've been able to do a few things to help out the community. Yeah, it's the best we can do uh, right now. Um, and a lot of stadiums are lighting up a scoreboard or lighting up uh, blue in, in recognition of our uh, uh, medical workers. We're with Wichita wind surge radio broadcaster, uh, Tim Grubbs, uh, general overview of the new ballpark most importantly of course where's the broadcast booth going to be but just take us through the new stadium and give us some of the uh, uh intricacies of what fans uh, oh it's a beautiful ballpark the broadcast booth doug you'll be happy to hear is behind home plate um i'm happy to report that uh there's <laughs> that remains what one ballpark in our league that is not behind home plate we don't need to say the name i think uh to keep people not from being mad as broadcasters you have to be behind home plate i'm happy that i didn't have to put much i didn't have to put up much of a fight um everybody else was in belief in concert that the broadcast booth needs to be behind home plate so um but no and you say behind you mean is it it's upstairs so it's like second it's on the yeah it's on the second the, level of the ballpark or the third level of the ballpark um you know it's it's similar uh, the people that designed the ballpark are the same people as Omaha. So there are some similarities to Werner Park, the, the ballpark where the Storm Chasers play, and the booth is in the exact same spot. Um, so from okay. I would say the similarities from a press box standpoint are there. Um, the seating bowl on the infield is very similar to Omaha. Now, there are a lot of differences. The way the suites are, the outfield is completely different. Uh, the clubhouses are connected to the dugouts underneath. So there okay. are a lot of, like, yeah. I say Omaha just because you've been there, and I know you've been there. And from a bright perspective, if I took a picture from, you know, my booth or the visiting radio booth, it would look similar. Um, the administrative offices, for example, are in right field, right center field. Um, we have an office building that goes up in the outfield. The main entrance to the ballpark is in the outfield um, on the banks of the Arkansas River. Uh, so people can park. Yep. Some people will park downtown and walk across the bridge 
and walk right into what will be our administrative office building, which is on the second level. But it's a beautiful ballpark. Um, I'm excited to see baseball there. It's going to be used for a lot of events, not just baseball. You know, like you see at a lot of the, um, you know, the stadiums around the PCL. So while Nash, uh, while Nashville has the that little right field uh, bar party area, and Fresno has a a social area down the uh, left field line, which I guess you still haven't seen since we've redone that stadium a little bit. Um, where is there like a barbecue deck or a party deck at your ballpark? Yeah, there's a lot of those different things. Um, so if you're sitting in the bright that building that I just referred to, the office building, um, there is a uh, Emprise party pavilion there is a party pavilion in right center in that exact spot uh, basically like a rooftop kind of overlooking the field from the outfield is one of the party pavilions and then we also have party pavilions on the first and third base side of the stadium well actually the third base side is indoors it's kind of like i guess like your club in fresno what is it the 600 club um uh, yeah. At, at okay. Time yep. Yep. Yeah, I'm dating myself, so, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's very similar to that. It's a club. It's a, it's an indoor, you know, indoor outdoor type uh, stadium club. It's beautiful. Um, it's going to be a great place. A few weddings there. Uh, in fact, uh, one of the guys on our staff, Bob Millette, who's a California native, spent some time uh, in your guy's okay. neck. Of- he, he was in uh, Modesto for a few years before he joined the ball club, you know, here in the Midwest, he's getting married there this fall. So, and we had a few other weddings. So um, it's a multi-purpose facility and I'm excited to see it being used for the different types of things. Yeah. Well, as I say, that's one of the fun things about new ballparks. Uh, uh, You know, you take a little bit of all of them and, and see uh, kind of mix it together and uh, uh, look forward to seeing it, uh, uh, I know Fresno wasn't scheduled to visit Wichita this year anyway, but hopefully in the next uh, uh, couple of uh, seasons. So uh, you've talked about the ballpark and uh, year number one of the most recent tenure of AAA baseball in uh, uh, Wichita. But with you, uh, you spent, uh, uh, what, 18 seasons in New Orleans. And uh, aside from working with Ron Sobota, we'll talk about Ron in a moment, uh, what are you going to miss the most about New Orleans? And I don't mean just baseball-wise, but just uh, in general, because that obviously has been such a huge right. part of your No, career. I mean, like I said, I, I, I moved to New Orleans. As a, I was young. I, was, I guess I was the youngest broadcaster in the PCL for one year till you got there. Um, you, got, you joined yeah. the league one year after me in Fresno. But uh, no, no, I'm going to miss obviously working with Ron. Um, you know, he was a hero on the 1969 Mets, but he was a great broadcast partner. And I've certainly had a lot of fun with him. He, um, him and I were scheduled to work about seven games together in Wichita this year. Uh, we were, he was going to fly in and work some games with me. So we were hoping to continue, you know, that tradition, maybe not for the full season, but at least for some games. Uh, but what I'll miss most about new Orleans, I mean, I miss the people, I miss the food. Uh, you know, I mean, we've got good food here in Wichita. In fact, I've already lined up a couple restaurants that I knew I would take broadcasters to because I knew the food was good. But, uh, you know, in New Orleans, I never really had to give it much thought because there were so many restaurants, hundreds, if not thousands of different 
create perfect yeah. places to take broadcasters and and go to and you know i do miss you know the really good food and the crawfish you know the shrimp you know i've mm. only had yeah. i've only eaten seafood one time in the last eight months since i moved here uh, so, I mean, that kind of shows you as a guy that was eating a lot of seafood in Louisiana. Now that I live in the middle of America, I've, I've only done it one time because I've kind of been like, I don't really, I don't know if it's not, if it's not good, I'm, I'm going to be disappointed. But the one time I did it, it was, uh, some redfish was very good. Uh, it was very tasty and I enjoyed it. Now, I'll tell you what, I mean, that's, you know, I, I realize baseball wise, uh, you know, it, obviously uh, you know didn't quite pan out which is why the team left to go to to Wichita and uh, I would say though I, I didn't look at New Orleans so much in terms of baseball I always looked at it in terms of food still do uh, as you know I've lived in Louisiana a little bit Lafayette and Shreveport and I just there's just not enough places to get to in terms of uh, restaurants at least in a short period of time but uh, aside from the French Quarter, which is obvious because it's a touristy area, I love the area where we stayed out by the Crown Plaza and out by the airport. Most guys are like, Doug, what are you talking about? I mean, it's New Orleans. you got to stay at the French Quarter. Yeah, I agree with that, too. But what I loved about staying out by the airport is you get the little hole-in-the-wall places out in Metairie or Kenner, which you don't hear about in the French Quarter, which, uh, you know, it's uh, the places that you and I would go to, the right. Shimmy Shack out by the ballpark, and there were some little seafood places uh, walkable from the hotel where man just throw on the creole crawfish and shrimp and put over a bed of rice and trout and you know i'm good with a bass and all that or the little you know uh, dive bars uh, after a game the swamp room out in metairie i mean just these little places that that define the south and define louisiana and you and i are both we're both you coming from pennsylvania and myself coming from california kind of transplants to that area but that's what really one of the things that i i love uh, about coming to New Orleans is those little uh, absolutely one of my places. favorite restaurants in New Orleans, and you know we were hoping to go back this fall. Um, is you know Harbor Seafood, which is walking distance from that Crown Plaza Hotel that that you just referenced. Yeah. It's nowhere near the French Quarter. Um, you know I lived there for eighteen years, and I wasn't I, you know I hung out at the French Quarter a little bit especially my first year there and then from there on I only ventured there when we had guests from out of town. I really didn't go there that much. You know, it was so touristy. I mean, I liked the warehouse district. I really liked uptown, that area, kind of like where um Tulane is. Uh, and then of course, you'd mentioned some of the hole in wall places. You mentioned my favorite, you know, the Swamp Room was one of my favorite places. In fact, they used to have a a picture of me up on the wall. I guess that's how I was a much of a regular there that they had my photo on the wall, you know, as the broadcaster for the Zephyrs. Yeah. And, uh, you mentioned the Harbor, uh, seafood. I, I ate there last year. Um, you know, went there, uh, you know, as you said, just down the block from the, the crown plaza. And, uh, uh, no, I, I think it was a perfect separation. I mean, again, I love, I mean, sure. Yeah. My brothers stay in the quarter, but, uh, you got to see a little more of the, uh, the New Orleans area. You mentioned Ron Swoboda and uh, always so much fun to, to be around him uh, during my visits to New Orleans. And uh, uh, I will, I'll miss seeing Ron. And I know uh, uh, JL Van Gilder uh, left the team a few years ago anyway, but he was always a treasure being around him or your public address announcer and uh, uh, Doug Moreau, another great, you know, you had a lot of fun characters 
in that uh, press box in New Orleans. But, uh, uh, you know, I'm great to see that you and Ron will still do some games together. But how strange, and I guess you haven't experienced it yet, but how strange will that be? Or for the Yeah, no, part, it's, uh, we were going to work in different partners. Um, we had spoken to some Wichita State people and some scouts and some people that worked, but I wasn't going to have a, I wasn't going to have the same partner for seventy home games. I, I probably would have had twenty different partners over the course of seventy home games. So no, you're right. It was going to be strange. Uh, it was kind of something that I was. I don't know if the right word was anxious. You know, I've done that before. Um, you know, I did seventy road games on the road. You know. A, solo um the last 18 years and then prior to that i was my own show you know for all 144 games when i was in the southern league or when i was in the carolina league so it's not like i haven't done it before but i was a little bit anxious to see how you know missing a partner full time but and then working in new people you know you know every couple nights or so it was going to be interesting but um no you're right i'm gonna miss like the whole press box dynamic of what we had in new Orleans. I mean, you mentioned some of the names, they were characters and it's hard to describe, you know, that press box, especially when Pete Barricay was the beat writer. Um, we had some yeah, in JL Pete, and yeah. Doug and, you know, Dax and, and, you know, Swoboda and some of the other people that worked, um, you know, in the guys that we used to nickname the bomb squad worked the, uh, they all worked the scoreboard room and all that sort of stuff. And they, they, Everybody was such good people, and they were great guys, and, and I, I missed it. Usually at the end of every year on Labor Day when we'd wrap up a season, we'd all grab a beer together and, you know, and cheers, and, you know, we're all still together uh, on social media and stuff. But, you know, I knew going into the season I was going to really miss, you know, that crew uh, of everybody that got together in that press box. And don't tell anybody this, but last year when Fresno was there, uh, I know they put a limit on on soft drinks, and uh, I guess I know the the food room moved down to your front office, and uh, uh, but there were no soft drinks up in the press box anymore. So don't tell anybody that I found the uh, the food closet on the concourse that was left wide open, including the fridge, which did give me limited access, unlimited access to all the Diet Pepsi there. So I was able to somehow find uh, find the soda up there. But uh, no, I I always liked. Uh, between innings because you on those really really muggy nights and i know fresno didn't visit new orleans very often but i would usually take that minute and a half break and go out and watch the trains you have that like little train yard out toward the parking lot and uh, it's one of the things i love living in the south on those muggy june july august nights and i would just hear the sound of the train and take my little break for 90 seconds out out on that little uh, porch no, there was lots of stuff. Obviously, the Saints complex was next door, and I always enjoyed leaving the ballpark. And, you know, you're sitting at the light, and you never knew who was going to be in the BMW to your right, you know, who was going to be in the neat car. I mean, there was plenty of times driving out of the complex. You know, I'd run into Anthony Davis or Drew Brees or somebody I wouldn't even recognize, but they'd have a cool car. But, uh, you know, I definitely miss, you know, some of those types of things. But I'm really excited about having a downtown ballpark. After working in a suburban ballpark my entire career, Hickory, Winston-Salem, um, Knoxville, and New Orleans, I've never worked at a ballpark on a bank of a river, you know, with a downtown skyline, being able to 
walk out of the ballpark and go grab something to eat at a barbecue restaurant down the street or, you know, anything along those lines. So, um, no, that's what's really cool about the stadium here, and I I hope you see it. And when you do come, there's no shortage of soft drinks here. There'll be plenty of two liters in the (laughs) press box for you, and you'll have a good time. Again, I, so I don't have to sneak into the uh, to the service uh, closet to grab uh, uh, storage area to grab the uh, diet uh, Pepsi's. Uh, uh, Tim, the um, and I ask this of all the guys. You and I have been broadcasting for about the same amount of time. I don't mean just in the PCL, but overall. And there's always what I call the routine. Now it's obvious; it's a given. Every night for nine innings, we're confined to what specifically we're doing. But there's those of us who, like myself, sleep till noon on the road or even at home, uh, get something to eat between one and two o'clock, go to the ballpark. You write your lineups in at three o'clock, maybe finish up some prep at the ballpark. You go down for batting practice. Uh, you meet the new player, you schmooze with the manager. Then there's that time you, you talk to the scouts. Then after a game, you know, if you're, I know at home, a lot of guys just like to get home to their families, understandable, but on the road, sometimes you, you grab a drink or a late night meal after the game aside from broadcasting, what do you miss the most right now about our routine? Probably, you know, my role has always been different because I have office responsibilities. So, you know, I always get to the ballpark a lot earlier in the day um, when the team is at home. You know, I'm not a, you know, and, and obviously the family life, you know, I'm, I'm up or I'm much earlier. I, I can't remember the last time I slept till noon, but, <laughs> um, you know, I'm usually up seven or I can't remember the last time I was up. Yeah, usually you. I'm up yeah. at 7, 7.30 in the morning, home or away. Um, although during this time, I have gotten a nap in, you know, pretty frequently, which is kind of odd for me. But, yeah. you know, just really the camaraderie of being around the guys, whether it's the coaching staff, the players, and really the front office. I've always enjoyed, you know, I've always become good friends with guys that work, guys and girls that work in the ballpark. You know, you get in there and you know, all the water cooler talk. You know, talking about whoever's favorite major league game is. You know, you walk in and you're sitting there talking about the NFL draft, which just happened. Or, you know, you're talking about what happened in the, you know, the Marlins game last night or the Cubs game last night or, you know, whatever game, whatever cool happened last night. I just really miss just, you know, all that talk, you know, all the just baseball talk and and getting people's feelings on, you know, what teams should do as we go to the trade deadline and, you know, all that sort, you know, kind of like the sports talk radio type thing, except because you're working with all these sports people, everybody has their own opinion. And so many of us come from different parts of the country and we all root for different teams that it's interesting to see all the people's takes on all that stuff. And I kind of miss all that. Yeah. And that's a good answer because, you know, I've had such a great cross section of, of answers. Russ Langer misses mostly just chatting with the um, stadium operations people when they get to the ballpark at five 30 or the ushers or uh, usherettes or, or, or those folks, um, you know, or, you know, the, the prime time, um, you know, Russ also mentions, you know, the, that six to six forty five time where you're in the food room uh, talking to the scouts. No, you're right with the guys, you know, on and off the, you know, uh, in or out of the booth. I mean, that's just it's we've we've all met so many friends from around the country. And, um, you know, my I guess my mine is always just the that time talking to the scouts, that kind of chill time between six to six forty five. But you just get into such a a routine every day. um, And now it's just so much 
different and and uh but uh, no it's uh, obviously uh, strange times and who knows if minor league baseball will be playing this year let's hope that we do get uh you know it'll yeah. obviously have to be a partial season but uh, some sort of uh, games in it but especially uh with your well, riverfront stadium. stadium so uh you're not in Cincinnati, nice. um, okay. but uh, no, Riverfront Stadium okay. is the name of it. It's uh, It was hoped to be a, a temporary name, you know, because they're obviously uh, working with some companies on naming rights, but I love it. I think it's it, it's very appropriate. It's right on the banks of the Arkansas River. It is spelled the same way as the state of Arkansas, but when you come here to Kansas, they don't want you to say it that way. So one of the first things was pointed out to me, even before I ever stepped foot in the state of Kansas, was how to pronounce the name of the river. So, but it's a beautiful ballpark, and um, you know it's right on the banks of the river, and it's it's going to be in a great place once we get to throw that first pitch. Yeah, I remember doing games at Lawrence Dumont Stadium when I was with Shreveport back in two thousand and. Uh, 2001, same location, of course, and uh, uh, which is also known for the National Baseball Congress World Series, which I understand. Uh, I don't, I don't know if it's been canceled yet or not, but if it takes place, I understand it'll be here. Be which um, that year. actually, that state, that oh well, okay. it was at Wichita, was state, it last Wichita year. state last year. Um, that has not been canceled yet. I haven't okay, heard any news. Okay. So the ball, the, I think some of the games were to be played off site. It's like a two week event. And because we can't go on the road for that long, but the second part of the tournament was slated to be played here. All the championship games were slated to play here at Riverfront Stadium. So um, it is the same location as Lawrence Dumont. It's a little bit different. Um, When you get here, being as a person, you've been here before, home plate at Lawrence Dumont is where second base is now. So it is everything. It's kind of moved forward a little bit. It's, It's a little bit different than it was before but essentially from driving your car to the ballpark it's the same location okay all right well look forward to that have you ever i have not well before, before i moved there? here yes uh i flew here last year last february um before the new orleans season to check out the city i was actually in town for about five days i was here for the groundbreaking of the stadium Um, the ball club flew me in for that. My wife and my daughter and I all arrived into town and we actually explored the city, uh, started to look for homes, started to find out areas to live. So other than that, those five days last February, no, I had never been other than driving through, I had driven through, um, no, but like that, that right. counts. Because I we, we had bust from Oklahoma City to Omaha yeah. and bust from Oklahoma City to Des Moines many times. So I had been to a few Wichita yeah. truck stops along okay. the way, but <laughs> hey, that, that that counts. I mean, if if I if I texted or called you in the middle of the night and said, "Hey Tim, where are you right now?" Oh, yep. No, a few years ago, well, I guess Kansas. it was during the twenty eighth, and I had heard the rumors of the New Orleans club moving to Wichita and we were actually bussing through Kansas and I was staring out the window the whole time while we were in Wichita, just trying to kind of figure out what was going on on I-35, but it was around midnight and you couldn't see much. So I didn't really learn anything from that expedition. Yeah. Well, we uh, hope all the baseball gets going, but especially all the work you guys have put in the last couple of years with a new everything ballpark and, staff and 
and so forth. And uh, Tim, uh, best to your family. And uh, let's certainly, well, other, I appreciate uh, it. Appreciate and appreciate you uh, coming on. Healthy and looking forward to seeing everyone at a ballpark, whether it be in Wichita or Fresno or anywhere else around this great country.